Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Tellage Talks. And this week, we are going to focus our attention on Chuck Kyle, the longtime uber successful high school football coach, and also, by the way, a tremendous track and field coach as well, at St. Ignatius High School here in Cleveland, Ohio. I've known Chuck for many, many years, respect him super immensely. He's a phenomenal teacher and obviously a great football coach in that his teams have won 11 state championships here in the state of Ohio, and this is his final season. He is hanging up the coaching whistle, as it were, after this season. In fact, this Friday night, right here in the month of October, uh, his final home game will be taking place. And as a tribute to Chuck, the school is going to have the game take place at Wasmer Field, right on the campus of St. Ignatius. It will be obviously a small crowd as a team comes in from uh, out of state to take on the Wildcats, who are certainly still at this stage in the season, uh, in the playoff hunt, as it were, and then, of course, hoping to have great success in the extra season, which is indeed is the highly competitive high school football playoff system here in Ohio. I chatted with Chuck at length uh, back in 2019 as we had the phase one of this podcast going and we sat down and talked for a good hour and what we talked about well well, many types of uh, uh, things such as the fact that his teaching of Chaucer and of Shakespeare has gone hand in hand if you will with his coaching his thoughts on the safety of the sport of football and how so many of his great athletes that he has coached over the years from the Jake Ryans of the world to the Brian Hoyers to so many talented players are near and dear to him in uh, his heart and how it is difficult at times but certainly part of the process trying to get your team ready to take on a outstanding talent uh, as he had the opportunity to do against the very successful mentor quarterback Mitch Trubisky who is now currently the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers and how talents become more in the public eye when they take on St. Ignatius. A great example of that is a young man who played against St. Ignatius for uh, Washington School uh, Dunbar and that young man happened to be by the name of Joshua Cribbs, who went on to have a great career at Kent State University and then became a tremendous football player for the Cleveland Browns. So we had a great conversation. Love Chuck Kyle. I think he's just one of the best human beings in the sporting world and certainly a tremendous coach as it were. So if you will indulge, let's listen to the great Chuck Kyle on coaching, teaching, and developing young individuals for a great and successful life. As you, you get into coaching, uh, it, it, it becomes uh, a very interesting idea. You know, it's, it, it, uh, the idea of the chess match, uh, the, the, uh, the idea of the, of the uh, of when you're playing offense or, or defense, there's, there's so much going on. Uh, so many variables, right? There's 22 variables every snap of the ball, and it, it is really a complex game. Uh, you know, you, you start over the years, it evolved from the I formation pounding away. It was Woody Hayes, yeah, uh, Ohio, the game's right? Changed. We're pounding, you know, but 
you know, we we were pretty early in evolving into throwing the football a little bit more than a lot of teams. And now you see it as a spread offenses and the yeah. defenses has to adjust. And it's uh, I always thought you guys, your offensive approach was a little bit ahead of most of the schools. And we're dating back 25, even 30 years. Well, Chuck, I, I you appreciate guys that. that way. You know, we, we felt, uh, you know, you saw what Miami of Florida was doing down there with Bernie Kozar, yeah. you know, and all that. And, and uh, the idea that, that uh, you know, we, we have college-bound kids here. All of the kids here go to college. So... You know, these kids are smart. They'll handle all, a little more complexity. So um, you start working with the passing attack, and your quarterbacks are not looking for really who's open. You're looking at the secondary. What's the secondary telling you? And then you read the secondary, and then you know whom to throw to. So we really got into that very early, and uh, that, that really helped. You know, we started moving the football. People thought... You know, Ohio, it's too snowy and muddy in November. Can't throw you can't in do- November? Yes, what are you, you can. doing? <laughs> you sure can. We've seen it. We, we, you have to be able to do that, see? So uh, that was a really help, uh, helpful twist. But it is, it's it's the idea, of the, uh, the challenge of the complexity. You know? it, it's an interesting game. So um, when you get hooked, yeah. it's hard to walk away, you know? And, and, and as long as the energy is okay, let's just keep doing it. That's fine with me. What has energized you the most, winning championships or seeing young men go on from here and be successful in life? Oh, I, I honestly, I, I, what motivates you? There's a, high school is that fun thing. There's always, a, there's always, there's always a new cast coming up, and it's, an, yeah. it's, uh, I, I'm going to use an English idea. There's a new cast, and, and each year you're writing a new novel. Okay. You, you know, as you're going, each each game's a chapter. And you're you, creeping you back to, in with this English talk. Sure, I have to. Come on. I, I we'll we'll talk, talk about that. that. <laughs> but it, it really is like that, you know, and, and that kind of challenge. And you're seeing uh, kids enter the school and they're 14 years old. And and then, then you see them mature and you see how, uh, you know, how they, yeah, they get stronger and bigger and, and see how they get into the uh, challenge of it. Um, that's the thing that's really motivating. I, I uh, believe me that uh, the, the playoffs in, in in the state of Ohio, they're all good teams. So who knows what's going to happen in in the game of football? And you, 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 the ball's designed in a very strange way, so it bounces around in sure. a strange way. Who knows? You what's live with happen. those strange bounces. You sure. have to live with that. And the, you, you get weather, right? You get a nasty night, and okay, yeah. <laughs> who knows what's going to happen here tonight? So. You, 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 I feel very blessed uh, that we've been able to to uh, to win, you know, 11 state championships. I, I, I in my wildest dream, I, I never I never even thought that when I first started. Uh, but you get some hardworking kids that set high goals, and and uh, you know you it 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 you you feel like you um, you owe the kids to give them their your best. I I think that if they put the work in. Uh, you all, um, the, the you, you wake up at two in the morning trying to figure out how to stop that blitz or how to yeah. how to go against that that coverage or uh, that's what happens um, and you feel why because if those kids put that much work in you got to give them the best chance on the field they you got to put them in a position that they can make a play that's 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 to me is the biggest motivation can we help put them in a place where they can make the play now. We don't make the play. They do. Yes. But you, you really find yourself working really hard to be able to put them in the position to make a play. You have uh, you put a kid into a position to make a play, Chuck. Is that 
a complicated affair or is it, it when when you really cut down through all the all the meat off the bone it's a pretty basic concept well put I, them I, in position to make a play right i i think every coach would, uh, from youth football high school college pros would have to say that yeah um i think there's a trickle down effect you know uh the pros make some adjustments and you know, the colleges make some adjustments. It, there's an interesting relationship going on there in the quarterback area. I, I, right. I, that's a whole nother conversation because, you know, these, the old idea of the drop back quarterback throwing it around. Well, there's a lot of guys coming out of college now. It's, they, they, they do the spread offense, so it's a little different. But certainly we learn from the colleges, the high schools. And so we'll, we'll go to Ohio State or we'll go to Notre Dame or we'll go to, or there'll be clinics and they'll talk and there's you, you certainly study what they're doing mm-hmm. and you uh, connect it to what you could do in a high school level, what what fits uh, your person personnel. And I think the youth kids look at what the high school guys are doing and realize, okay, I gotta I gotta work to become that. So it is it's complex, but there is this motive of uh, okay, if if you a coach that that really loves coaching. Uh, you, you, you really get more uh, excitement about watching a kid use good technique and make the play as opposed to, all right, I, I had this overload blitz and they couldn't pick it up. And I did. well, congratulations, coach. You know, <laughs> that's great. The kid made the play, coach. But the kid made the play. And, and, and the kid, is, it's getting the thrill of watching that kid improve uh, in his technique, uh, that they're coachable and, and you're living up to that responsibility of being the coach. That's why you do this. I, 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 it, any other idea, you'll burn out and be gone soon. <laughs> so we shouldn't really call you a coach. We should just call you a teacher. I mean, that's what you are inherently, no? I think that's, uh, I think I've heard so many people say, uh, John Wooden would tell you if he were sitting in this room, he would tell you, a coach is a teacher. The best coaches are teachers. John Wooden was an English teacher, may I say. And, yes, and, he was. And, uh, he, he would tell you that. It, it, if uh, if he one of his famous quotes is if that if that player's not doing it right he was you didn't coach him right you know you, you look at it that way that some way you didn't get it across you got to get it across better and and uh, that's what motivates you that's why you keep studying and keep working um, and then you know it's it's Friday night and here we go and and uh, it's still exciting. Uh, I think uh, it's still exciting for adults and student body and the bands are playing and it's, it's not that expensive to go to high school games. You know, it's the best bargain in town and it's just fun to do and and uh, it's. I think all of us have to agree. It's always nice to look forward to something, yes. right? And there's the you know you know you. Say if it didn't work out Friday night, you know, you lost. And, and I always tell the kids, uh, you get 24 hours, you know, you're going to feel bad about it. We all are. But after 24 hours, fellas, we, it's over because we got to start looking at the next one, you know, and just, just get ready for it. And that's that's what you learn. Hopefully you learn that about life. There's going to be successes. There are going to be disappointments. Yeah, it feels bad, but you can't linger with it. You no. can't let it change your life. You got to let's go. Next challenge. Let's go. How do you project where a kid's going to be? Was it easier, or is it easier now to do that than when you were in your first five years as a head coach? Okay. Project what a you know a, a 200-pound kid who's a freshman where you could see him as a right. senior. Right. Right. I, I I I see your question, and um, 
you do your best with speed. Uh, you, you know, okay, you time the 40 or the 20. Believe yeah. it or not, that's that's kind of important. It's 40 is one thing, but you better time the short spurts too. You do things like that. You look at the strength. Size, you never know because the kid will grow. You know, so the, to say you lock a kid in a position freshman year, uh, we have a tendency not to do that. We have a tendency to go, well, let's look at practices and, and make suggestions. Hopefully you're open Son, I hope you're open to what we suggest you to, you to play. Because you everybody want will to, show up and want to be the quarterback. I want to be the quarterback or the receiver. There's only one out there, okay? <laughs> but, son, maybe the, this would look you know, and, and generally speaking, kids kind of go, yeah, I, I just want to be part of this team and learn. And, and so it, it happens that way. You, you, you start working. But, you, John, I'll, I'll, first of all, a very young kid, let's say if he's, he's an eighth, eighth grader, ninth grader, John Wirtz told me one thing here. This is just, just I, hopefully, hopefully everybody will roll with this. He told me if the eight, if the kid's in eighth grade or ninth grade and he already has hairy legs, he's not going to grow much more. Oh, really? Yeah, that was his theory. Maybe we missed this all these years. <laughs> yeah, I, just I didn't have any great thing, but John Wirtz he told me <laughs> that. That kid's already shaving. Uh, he's not going to grow much. That's it. I and mean, you see that spindly kid, but you know, not shaving. Baby face. You know, and you're going, watch out. He may come in at about five foot nine by senior year, he's six two, you know. And actually, uh, a kid that uh, yeah, anybody Jake in that Ryan, Jake Ryan, uh, no okay. linebacker. Jake Ryan, who's playing right? in the yeah, he's yep. playing in the NFL. He was with the Packers. He was somebody else now. Anyway, as a freshman, he was that kid, baby faced, baby faced. You know, he was playing a little strong safety. It was you know, he's just one of those just guys. on the field doing it. Yeah, he's one of those guys, you know. And sure enough, you know, he started getting bigger and. Uh, by the time he was a junior, he was 6'1", and about 2'10". So, and he's a, you can see he was a good player, but size-wise still, yeah. but the MACs started offering. MACs started offering. Well, John, this is true. Between the end of the senior year and the following August, when we started practice, he, shot him. he grew up to be 6'2 and a half. So he grew an inch and a half. And he put on 20, 25 pounds. So now he's 6'2 and a half, 225, 230. And now he's going to Michigan. Okay? That happens. And it still happens. And I think I'm going to branch off a little bit. I, I think you see so many uh, major colleges committing uh, scholarships to sophomores, uh juniors and, and some of these seniors they miss they miss they them. miss on they miss the late bloomers they do. some of them they do and why uh, are they in such a hurry well obviously there's pressure to bear right. from where they're at that's exactly and to it. to just stay ahead of michigan if you're right. ohio state or whatever right it, it started maybe 10 years ago 15 years ago where those early offers were starting to happen and uh I think once that started, then the others felt, well, we can't let that other team get the jump on this kid. We've got to do that. And, you know, any re- college recruiter that comes in, you can tell they're, it's not the, the best idea, but they have to do it. They feel they have to. And, uh, but they do miss on some kids that. Uh, it's almost like the recruiters are, you know, got to make the sale. Right. It's like, you know, you got to, we have so many cars we have to sell this month. Right. I got to make that sale. He's got to make the sale. Oh, yeah. They, it, in a way, you, you would think that a, a, a college coach is hired for his expertise. And certainly they, they, they have, have that, don't yeah. get me wrong. But a lot of it also is, can this guy go in and sell 
sell our school to the athletes and to the parents. You know, there is, you're right, there's a salesman part to it. Some of them actually take some seminars on sales and, and, and mm-hmm. that type of thing because it's part of it. They've, you know, come on, Ohio State's got to have those five-star recruits, right? It, it, they got to have them, you know, and in Michigan and Notre Dame and all those. I mean, they, they have to or the alumni's all upset, you know. Yeah. Now, how those stars are ranked, I don't. Uh, how, who ranks those stars? I still don't know because there's some great players that, you know, they're not five star, but that other kid, they rank that guy five star and this guy three star. I think the three star guy is better than the five star, but you know, you see that all the time. Chuck, you've got so you've had so many guys come through these halls and have gone on to play, you know, in big time college football, the pros, the Charles Bentley you just mentioned, Ryan, and and uh, you know the uh, Brian Hoyer. The list goes on and on. You've also faced some great talent, individual talents. I'll go back to the '80s, Robert Smith. I'll come back more recently to Mitch Trubisky. Right. Uh, what has that been like preparing for someone from another team that you know that singularly, if I can say that word. They're so good at what they do that on this level, you really have to be prepared for that individual. Right. Especially nowadays, uh, the spread offense, you know, you're hearing that all the time. Well, what's the key idea of the spread offense? The spread offense is trying to get one-on-one matchups. And the offense will try motions or different formations to create. Here's their best player going against your guy who's not quite the best player, right? Can we get him... Uh, where there's a motion and a linebacker has to cover him or something like that. You, 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 that that goes on all the time. And that's a, as you're talking about, there's no doubt about it that, that with the spread offense, that's created a, a, a situation where uh, defenses have to say, if that's the best receiver, there's a lot of times you have to make a commitment that, yeah, here's your corner. We would love to have that corner on him, but we can't always guarantee that. So if if that receiver changes and we can't move that corner, well, now the free safety has to be on top. Yeah. So now you one guy, you can't help it, but one guy is actually occupying two of your defensive guys. But if that kid is that good and that kind of skill kid, you got to do that. Now, when you're dealing with a Mitch Trubisky, and, yeah, we won a couple times, and he won his more than his share, and he, sure. he, he was a tremendous football player. And... Uh, the, the idea that, that you'd have to just change coverages, you just could not let him sit there and figure, make it easy for himself and figure you out. And you just had to. Uh, it, 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 you had to make it look like it's man coverage and then it's zone and vice versa, or this part of the field's more man on where the other side is, yeah. is kind of a zone. So, you know, you just, you had to make him so that maybe he, he hesitant a little hesitant bit. A little bit and, and then, you know, you, you hope you can make a play or you hope you can get a blitz that maybe, you know, you get a sack on him. But the, I can remember that the frustrating thing playing Mitch, and um, he has the pro arm. Everybody yeah. sees he has, and he's having a great career. An Ignatius guy is coaching him, by the way. Dave Ragone is the yes. quarterback coach of Chicago. Isn't that so they, they get it. They have a their great relationship. I'm sure they, they do. But they have a lot of crazy. fun every fall. Okay. <laughs> yeah. say. But I'm going forth. Yeah. Got to go back. That it, in our, our game is playing Mitch. And certainly he threw the ball up, but he broke our back when he took off running. Yeah. He broke our back. Uh, there were plays in, in all the games we played where, you know, you, you, your coverage is good. All right, here we go. And he would find a little seam, and, you know, it's third and eight, and you think, yeah. Yeah, he just gained 12, and it's first down. <laughs> and he was he was just that type of athlete. And so, anyway, th- those are the challenges. Uh, and every year, well, we, we 
we, with the schedule we play, we've played guys that have gone on to the pros and have done really well. And it's, uh, it's fun, though, to follow them. You know, when you're done and you look back and you, and, and you say, you know, we played against Mitch Trubisky. And, you know, we played, yeah, that guy's a wide receiver now for someone. We played against him. Josh Cribbs. Josh Cribbs. Josh Cribbs. I'm sure he told you the story. He says it's it's our game. that we He was in Dunbar High School. And Dunbar D- came, D.C., DC to play us. And we won by plenty. But he, he, to this day, I saw him just last week, and he says, because I played St. Ignatius, Kent State... Saw me. Saw, saw me. Wow. And I ended up getting a scholarship to Kent State, and the rest is history. So, I mean, just, you know, because films travel around. Yeah. Right? You know, I send our films out all over the place. And so, um, anyway, that, that can happen. Things yeah. like that do happen. Chuck, it's really interesting, if I can, uh, to delve into your English teaching. Uh, years ago, I came with Fox 8, and we did a little story about you, and you were very kind enough to let me come into one of your classes where you were teaching Chaucer. And I know you don't specifically do that as much now, but it's been a part of your makeup. Teaching English, does that translate at all to coaching? Well. Uh, <laughs> and why Chaucer? Well, um I, I think uh, when I was in college, I found English fascinating and the, all, studying all these authors. I, I don't think the good professors at John Carroll told me how many papers I'd have to check. <laughs> uh, my thumbs are still aching. Uh, you're either you know. grading papers <sighs> right. or you're watching film. That's right. I, it, 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 that's the truth. Okay. Um, but anyway, I... I I went to John Carroll, as I said, and, and uh, there were some wonderful English professors there that, that just, you could tell they loved their subject. Yeah. And I think all of us, when there's a teacher that loves the subject, that makes a difference in a classroom. And, and, and I had some wonderful professors at John Carroll. I owe so much to them. And, and they got me so interested uh, in, in English. And uh, I just felt uh, at, at that time period in the English department, we were, this, we were starting elect, some electives for seniors. Okay. Just hopefully they would be motivated. You know, they're already Catch thinking about eye. colleges, but yeah. they, you know. Appeal somebody, to someone. Right. There, there's some interest. And, and say that some kids wanted to do creative writing. Some kids wanted. So I, did, I had some great teachers with, with Jeffrey Chaucer and, and William Shakespeare. And I, I, I pictured a course. Well, the first, so say, six weeks, we'd do Geoffrey Chaucer, and that's basically around the 1400s. Yeah. And Shakespeare's actually two, exactly 200 years later. And England was this, with in Geoffrey Chaucer's days, was this really backward, I, it, it, way behind in the in the Renaissance. I mean, the you know, Italy and France, everybody, England was this barbaric little island. Backwater that didn't do kind it. of Yeah, a, they yeah. didn't have it. 200 years later, right? 200 years later, the power of the world. They beat the, they defeated the Spanish Armada. Queen Elizabeth is reigning and here's this amazing country and here's this guy, Jeff, uh, uh, William Shakespeare, you know, who still to this day, people aren't totally sure how it all happened. He became an actor uh, and then started writing these plays and he cashed in on history plays. He cashed in on them because people, they didn't want to read the history books. They'd rather see a play about it, okay. right? So he cashed in there. Yes. And uh, I, I just felt, uh, you know, there's more than the play Romeo and Juliet with Shakespeare. Everybody takes Romeo and Juliet, but there's some really interesting comedies and tragedies and histories. And young boys, they kind of got into it, right? So uh, it was fun. And uh, I do have to say, um, 
from that class, a young actor by the name of Rory O'Malley. You can see him on TV now. Rory O'Malley also uh, was in Hamilton uh, on Broadway, and Rory was King uh, uh, George III wow. in the play. So he was in the class, right? And he, he even mentioned last in some article last week that That's pretty cool. Ironically, it was the football coach Tommy <laughs> Shakespeare and you know, so it was nice of him to say that. I was really touched. But uh, you never know who's you in that don't. class. You, you don't never know. know that go on. So that's well, been fun. You know, it's kind of cool. You have Chaucer who predated uh, Shakespeare as you mentioned by 250 years. It, can I draw an analogy that Newt Rockney was the Chaucer to today's Belichick or today's Chuck Kyle or whomever? Well, wow, there's so many. That See how have deep done we're that. getting today, Chuck? Uh, the, you, <laughs> certainly, you, uh, the, there's a, this game has been passed along uh, yeah. from some uh, important people years and years ago. Uh, you know, at, at the turn of the century, 1906. There was a question on whether to let this game continue. Uh, it was uh, it, uh, the rules needed to be changed, um, and we're going through a little bit of that nowadays. Yeah, I good, think, too. that may be a good segue, but yeah. sure. But it it uh, and uh, a number of, sc- of colleges. There was no pro football back then. A number of colleges were saying we're not playing that game anymore. There were there was some some problem, some in- deaths, injuries, yeah. and so on. And ironically, if people look this up, the man who somewhat made the difference to kind of change and got got it going was believe it or not theodore roosevelt in theodore how, roosevelt decided this was he loved the game of football so in 1906 uh, he gathered together a group of, of of coaches you know from yale and Harvard, from all, all over uh, and they sat down and said we need to change the rules we have to make it a safer game and so you know sure enough uh they they worked on the rules, ch- changed them, and yes, they made it safer. And believe it or not, that small group, the that organization continued, and they became the NCAA. The That's precursor the, that, to that was the group that originally that was the start of the NCAA, the National Collegiate Athletic Association. Association. Yeah, thanks to. The Thanks to Theodore Roosevelt, yeah. who's who begot the national parks, right. who've done, who did so much, and I right. think as the years go he, on, he becomes larger and, and larger. And he couldn't play. Everybody pictured <laughs> eyeglasses; they were an inch thick. He could not play, but he loved the game, and he he demanded that we got to do something about it. So people, please Google Theodore Roosevelt and football, and you can read all about that. It's a really interesting story. That is really cool. Now let's go to today, um, the state of the game, the safety of the game. Where are we and where do you see it in, let's say, 10, 15 years, right. Chuck? Um, John, it's a really important question. Uh, and I'm you've in, done I'm, a lot of work right. with this through USA in, Football. Right, through USA Football and, and, the, and, and uh, the hospitals and everything. We're, we're working on making the game safer, especially for younger kids, okay? Um, obviously, you know, you go back to the 1950s and 60s, I mean, I, the, the doctors couldn't tell you what con, what happened to your body with contact. I mean, you, you know, guys didn't even wear face masks, and they, they were playing, and, and um, you, you, we can all relate, you know, playing any sport. You, sometimes when you got contact, you, you, like your bell rung, right? Exactly. You, you, you felt a common a term. dizzy. Yeah. And you didn't make anything of it. Well, nowadays, that's a con- They've realized now. You're out. They didn't realize it back then, but they realize now, well, that 
that is a that's a concussion and you're out now back then i mean come on you're playing for paul brown and you know come on if you, you walked up him. to paul brown on tuesday and go coach i still have a headache i can't play well you're not going to do that you're feeding your family yeah and so as a result some of the studies you know see that and, and okay let's take those studies to heart and realize that and especially the conversations now is how young uh, while a, a, a kid is developing, youth-wise, um, what level of contact, how many contacts should he have, how many things like that. So anyway, uh, we're doing a lot of work in that in that uh, picture studying on how, uh, for especially for young kids, that the idea of starting with flag football first, let's yeah. let them have fun. And there's some areas in the in the nation that have five-year-olds playing tackle football. And John, I, I don't see it. I, it's I don't. Crazy. It's, uh, I, I don't think many people, doctors, don't agree. But it's uh, what can I tell you? That that's kind of. I don't know. When I played youth, I I wasn't allowed to play tackle football till sixth grade. Somewhere you between flag, yeah. the sixth. I recall and, playing flag and, football till yeah, sixth grade. Right. It Seventh changed. grade, you start. You you put on the uniform. Right. It changed sometime in the 70s or 80s. I don't know. I don't know what it did. But anyway, um, the, what 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 we're doing is 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 really setting up a pathway. So picture flag football till you know. I, I a lot of people talk around third grade, fourth, somewhere around there. Okay. And now what we've developed is is tackle football, but it's a controlled environment. It's uh, USA football and the Browns. We 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 call it rookie tackle, and. Uh, the field is limited. The sidelines are the top of the numbers. Uh, starts from the 40-yard line in, so you can actually have two games going on on a football field at the same, at the same okay. time. Only in, in the Cleveland area, we have seven kids on each team, so that, that limits the number of pileups. You don't really have that much it's anymore. It's not that congested thing. There's no, there's no punts or kickoffs because, come on, nobody – That's <laughs> I remembered returning punts. You'd catch the ball, and who blocked on punts, right? You'd have four or five guys sprinting right there. 25, 30 yards, and you're the guy, right? You're gonna, they have a little momentum towards you. So we took, we're saying none, none of that. Um, you know, every if, if the, there's a turnover on downs or a turnover, the ball goes back to the 40-yard line, and the other team gets the ball and tries to take it in. Uh, we've had some great, so far, Some we believe it's safer. I mean, it, it's still football, so there's contact. I mean, but w it gives the coach uh, a little more controlled environment uh, to teach the kids how to tackle properly. We, we're doing a lot of work on on tackling too. Besides that game, uh, a lot of studies on 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 blocking and where to put the head. And a lot of what we're teaching now is a here's a, in a in a in a ball game. Wherever that ball is, snap of the ball, and here's the ball carrier coming at you. You should already have a tackle plan. If he's How to your left, to... you know you're going to put your head to the right. You're going to use your left shoulder. You have to do. You already have a tackle before the kid even gets the ball carrier even gets to you. You should know what shoulder you're hitting and where your head's going to go. Interesting. So trying to develop that type of of of, of technique, uh, that type of coaching. So I, I I do. I go around and. Some coaches we, we we teach tackling all over the place, and uh, trying to make sure that the coaches know how to teach it. Uh, USA Football has put out a lot of wonderful drills. Uh, they have the one; it's free. You go on USA Football. There's a free tackling program. The guy who's the instructor is the coach from the Seattle Seahawks, who actually innovated what he called the hawk tackle. It's now in USA what they call it the shoulder tackle. 
So colleges are doing it, high schools are doing it, and we want to get it to the youth especially because, um, you know, the kids have to, you know, with with practice, feel very confident where they put their head and what shoulder they're hitting with so that they're keeping that head out of the way. That's that's our job. That's our job, I think. I mean, if, if a kid sprains his ankle, I don't think the parents are going to yank him out of football, you know? But if he gets a concussion, they're holding their breath. If he gets a second one, I don't think the kid's going to, you know, th- there'll be a, a conversation here. Yeah. So we have to we have to adapt that, and, uh, and hopefully we're doing some good work there. And, and But hopefully we're getting the youth coaches to understand we have to change the game. We have to change the game for those kids, and, and that's what we're doing. And then there's the people that would say, well, you can't change it too much. We don't want it to be flag football. Right. But you have to find that, hap- not necessarily a happy medium, but a way that, that kind of satisfies the public's um, need to see collisions, right? Uh, you know, without those, you know, affecting the individuals involved in, it, it, in a bad it, way. It is. It's it's a contact sport, and and but if you look, hockey's done this. Hockey has done this for youth. It's a different game there. There's no boarding in hockey, youth hockey. They changed the rink. They brought it in yeah. closer because they realize that limits the speed. Okay, so they they've done it. Soccer's done it. Football needed to do it. To be honest with you, yeah. The, when our football forefathers years ago invented this game, they invented it for adults. That field is designed for adults. I mean, picture a little kid out there. That that field looks... 100 yards would be like a half a mile. Right? (laughs) And and so trying to adapt the field so it, it fits the kid's body at that point, you know, that that was an important factor. Um, but but it, it certainly is important that people are open to growth mm-hmm. about the game because there's a lot of kids now going out for flag football all over America. It is very popular. But there was the, is the next step, 11-man tackle football on a major fe- big field. Parents have hesitated. Okay. I think, I, I, and kids want to play. It's just that they look at that going, ah, we're, we're not, we don't feel comfortable. So you're right. There has to be, when you say compromise, there has to be this, uh, this extra, um, what can you say, pathway, you know, that, it's, that it doesn't abruptly uh, goes to 11-man full field tackle. It, it, it's like, okay, in the swimming pool, we don't, we're not dump, jump, having the kid jump into the deep end yet. And you know, we bring they, him yeah. along casually. And, and, and in a way that's safer, we feel, in a way where there's the coaching can be done. The coach is right there, out there on the field, you know, and make sure, yeah. now no, you gotta line up here, and you, you know, it, it, it's, it's a very teachable scenario. And kids are having fun by doing it. And it's really very, very, what we're talking about, this this uh, this rookie tackle is very popular now in Northeast Ohio. We have lots of leagues doing it. And each year we're getting more. It is always a pleasure talking to Mr. Chuck Kyan. We wish him nothing but a tremendous uh, retirement when he finishes up his stint at Cleveland St. Ignatius High School. And that's going to do it for this edition of Tellage Talks. If you have ideas or comments, criticisms, certainly you can leave uh, comments in the section here on the podcast page. And of course, if you can help us out, Uh, rate, review, give us a few strong stars, if you will, to allow us to continue to do the work. And uh, we are available on just about every podcast platform, including uh, Anchor, Spotify, 
uh, Apple Podcasts, so on and so forth. So good to have this out here. I'm efforting some fresh interviews to restart the podcast. Last week was my first pod in more than a year and a half as we suspended things due to the pandemic and a few other uh, situations as well. So thanks for listening. And I look forward to dropping by and chatting with you once again next week for another edition of Talich Talks. Have a good one.